The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Latest episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotafanatic.com right now. Check out Crosby Spencer's Schedule Factors. It comes out every Saturday and breaks down the entire week's schedule so you can win. It's episode 92, the Genesis Cabrera edition. Join your host Christopher Deary and Michael Govier for Friday Night Palazzo as they break down panic time. Is it time to hit the panic button? We'll give you a list of players and go into detail on each one and come to a conclusion on whether or not it is time to panic. This is going to be a doozy of an episode and we are in it to win it. Take it away, boys! You're looking live or listening live to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. It's Friday. It's a perfect time to go to rotafanatic.com right now and check out GPS Report by Paul Mamino. It's about Alex Cobb. Is he good? Is he not? Too many splitters? Go to rotafanatic.com and find out right now. I am your co host of the show, Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G O V is Victor I E R on Twitter. Of course. My co-host Christopher Deary, see Deary, nineteen ninety nine. Deary is a dearly beloved. Deary, it's Friday night. We got the show on. Uh, Tigers are down. I feel yeah, down six nothing. Uh, Casey Mize got bombed. It's a Friday night. No reason to go to oh. bars or anything like that. Sit at home, make a nice cocktail, watch some baseball, and listen to the Palazzo Pod. Go to bars. Yeah, go to a bar. What thinking? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, here in Ann Arbor, everything's like outside. They shut all the streets down again like last summer, and I, I think they're going to roll with that again. Oh, that's a damn shame. We hope that you're excited, though, and if you're heading out to the bar, if you're driving right now to a restaurant, listening to the pod, or if you're watching live right now in real time on YouTube, we thank you. And we're going to talk about stuff, baseball-related stuff, fantasy baseball to be specific. 
Talk about Ryan Weathers. You know, who the hell is this guy? We'll get into the shine or, pi- shine or ride the pine results that Deary put together. It's finally time to cash in and see what we got out of it. And we're going to talk about the panic button. Is it time to hit the panic button? Should we be pressing it right now? Uh, the panic button, for those of you who don't know, will sound something what, like... What uh, do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, 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 we I got we're just going to go with this one. It's the classic. <laughs> okay, something like that. So, either way, sounds good. Is there cause to panic? We're gonna find out. Deary's excited about this because there are a lot of guys that are not doing so hot, but it doesn't mean you should give up on them. And we'll talk about here today, gone tomorrow, players that might lose their jobs, and return of the Mac. we got more players coming back that are going to help your fantasy squads. Of course, it's Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com if you want to email the show. Follow us. Stay up to date with the show consistently on Facebook and mainly Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. And that's how we do things around here. Deary, are you excited for baseball this weekend or... um... Is it not even that exciting anymore? I'm excited for baseball every day. Come on, man. Yes, I'm I'm ecstatic. I got nothing to do this weekend but lounge on my couch and watch some ball. Yay! That's fantastic, man. You know, there's a lot of people who are so into this baseball stuff. But, you know, there's life outside of baseball. I think we need to remember that. There absolutely is. I enjoy other things in life. But baseball is my favorite part of the season. So anytime I can lock in, there there are days I take off where I I don't watch every game. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's baseball time, especially in my head-to-head leagues because the weekend means the most. Weekend means the most. That's where, you know, you could be winning all week in your head-to-head league and then the weekend comes and everything changes. The week doesn't mean shit. It's all about the weekend. It's all about closing. Always be closing, right? Always be closing. We know that classic line. Of course we do. I was talking with Ryan Bloomfield on Twitter the other day, and we were talking about some college football because uh, Mark Kiefer was bringing up something about how he used to write for Pro Football Focus, I think it was. Oh, BFF. Uh, That's not funny. I was... (laughs) That's what it is. It's a shout. Yeah, and so he said he also was really into college football, so we started talking about college football and... I remember when we had Ryan Bloomfield on, we had a nice Dr- Jim Druckenmiller reference on the show <laughs> set up for him. And he was still impressed by it after the fact last night. But, of course, this led to a bunch of, like, memes and videos of <laughs> Michigan's greatest hits. They're all negative. Uh, they're the Westbrook catch, the Hail Mary of Colorado, oh, no. 1994. Oh, no. uh, Dan, uh, I think it was Dan Crinion. Shut hey, Dan. Dan is a uh, friend of the show, and he said he was at the big house that day. So as 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 was I, you were there. I was there. I remember middle of the third quarter, uh, the student section started singing "Overrated," and I remember my dad looking at me. He goes, "That's a real bad sign. This game's going to be close." And I still remember that ball was caught in the end zone. That sixty-yard bomb by Cordell Stewart, caught by Michael Westbrook, and it ends Michigan's hopes and dreams. I think that was maybe second game of the season. Both teams were ranked. I think Colorado may have been top ten then. They were pretty good. They ended up having an amazing season, of course. Yeah. Uh, and that was former Michigan coach Bill McCartney. Uh, Bill was a good guy. He wasn't the head coach, but he was a, uh, you know, associate assistant type. And I always liked uh, Bill McCartney. I thought he was a cool dude. He won a national title in Colorado as well. So those yeah, of you a- in that area probably know that. Long, long time ago. 
A long, long time ago, Bill McCartney was a coach. Nobody gives a shit about this at all. But the point being is then they finished off with the coup de gras, the App State field goal block. So, blocked, blocked. You know, people always throw that at me. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, it just, things got worse than that. So I remember that day for so many other reasons than losing to App State. <laughs> I bet you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Our good friend Jason Vivian throwing a chair out the window and hitting a car. And uh, no, that's not cool. And then this wow. kid that went into the stadium that was an App State fan got thrown out because he brought a bottle of liquor in and somehow ended yeah. up inside of our house. And as soon as the game ended, Jamie threw him out. <laughs> yeah, we were we were living kitty corner on Main Street in Ann Arbor right there from the big house. So uh, there was a lot of traffic in that. Yeah, that App State bozo just kind of watered in. I got kicked out, man. I got to place watch a game. So we watched it with us, and then his team actually won. That must oh, have been a God. special moment for that guy. I wonder where that sure guy was. is now. Yeah, he's, he's probably he's probably in his 30s now. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob DeGrom has uh, struck out 14 more hitters again. Is he getting any run support tonight? Yeah, a little bit, but he struck okay. out 14 again. Again, he's already done this twice in the season. The guy's amazing. He's it's it's he's putting together one of these just like it's like a Pedro Martinez run, this like five year run where it's just absolute dominance. Yeah, there's no doubt he is the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Pedro, Cole, and Degrom. Is it three? Wait, I'm seeing all kinds of tweets here. People are speculating wildly about what the truth is and what's not. I don't want to start spreading rumors and untruths. So I'll just table that. But either way, y'all, breaking news. Jacob DeGrom's really good. Did yeah, you know that? Not a shock. He's one of three pitchers to have 14 plus Ks in three straight starts. So he has done this for three straight starts. Wow. Incredible. That's insane. It's incredible. And I'm going up against him in head to head. Steve Giles got him. Hey, Steve, congratulations, buddy. Another applause for you. Of course, Steven has Mr. DeGrom. I do not have DeGrom. I used to have him in the old uh, keeper league we had, but then when we dra re redrafted, I, I lost him. Oh, so, no shares of Mr. DeGrom anymore. Dude. God, I, I can't believe I thought maybe Cole would be as good this year. I look like a fool on that one. I'm going to eat crow for sure. I don't know what crow tastes like, but I hear it's not very tasty, I assume. Because that would be a negative to eat crow, right? Old crow. <laughs> Old crow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were, yeah that's I was watching last night, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy was so old. Crow is a whiskey. It's a cheap. I don't know if they still make it or not, but Old Crow was a cheap whiskey you could get in the '90s. And a friend of ours, he just would always drink Old Crow all the time. Every party we went to, whenever we we're hanging out on the weekends, this guy was known. For, I'm the Old Crow guy. It was <laughs> when you're cheap, you know, and you don't have a lot of money, and you're 22 years old. Uh, it helps. So. Find the shittiest liquor you can get. That's right. Of course. Uh, Fire up the old Belvedere music here on a Friday night. And say thank you to those of you that continue to support the show. We had a great idea from Russell Withers, who's one of the biggest fans and friends of our show. He submitted an idea for, a, I don't know if it's going to be the trophy or not, but it could be a t-shirt at the very least. It was a decent idea. It's got a, like the Palazzo logo in it, and he designed it himself. I'm trying to pull it up so I can describe it better, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's got two bats crossing each other like X style. And it says, hey, it's Rico Palazzo, invitational overall winner with the guy who points out Enrico Palazzo from the movie kind of pointing, which is on our logo of the podcast. What's that, that guy's, what's, that guy's, what's that guy's name? 
that actor. He's been in a few things. What's that guy's name? I don't know. He's, he's the... obviously he's he's uh, Chubbs from uh, Teen Wolf, and he's also in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure as the villain. That's it. That's all I know him from. That's it. I really don't know him from anything else. I really don't. I can't think I of him even... from any other movie. Those I don't even know if he's three. alive. He is alive. I did look him up a little while ago. I think he is alive. At any rate, it has Frank Drebin's beautiful smile at the center of it, and then if you look behind him, there's all this random shit that is kind of faded in the background of a home plate design. It's really cool. I'm going to have to retweet it out, but uh, it's got Russell Crowe from Master and Commander. This is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe, in case you forgot. And it's so well done, Russell, so thank you. We really thank you for the great ideas. And you can keep these big-ass trophy ideas coming. Keep them coming, guys. Come on. I almost fired up Master and Commander last night. Um, so I've been doing these like late night movies at like right around midnight when my wife goes to bed. I've been just just watching movies galore. I, I need to get back into watching movies a lot. And I almost pulled the trigger on Master and Commander night. I think I'm going to check it out this weekend. It hasn't. It's been 20 years since I've seen it. Last time I saw it was in the theater. Uh, instead, I ended up going with uh, Out of the Furnace with uh, Christian Bale and uh, Casey Affleck and Willem Dafoe. You know that one? You see that one? DiCaprio, out of the furnace. Oh, I remember that. There's like they're like poor people somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like West Virginia or some shit. And they yeah, try to get by. They're, they're in Pennsylvania. So, that would make yeah. sense. Out of the I only furnace. made it about halfway it. through. I've not I, seen it though. I made it like halfway through, and then I fell asleep. There's some great actors in it, so uh, I'll be interested oh. to see how this last hour goes. Yeah, Woody yeah, Harrelson, Willem Dafoe. There's some some good actors in it for sure. I remember. I was curious about it. I mean, anytime Christian Bale's on the screen, it's always going to be pretty good. Yeah. I also want to say thank you to what's his name? Oh shit, uh, Joey Ricotta. Joey, I owe you a podcast. I'm supposed to be on his podcast this past Tuesday, but some shit went down with my gas and this whole it was a whole nightmare. It was a whole mess. So Joey, I'm thinking of you. Follow Joey at the Riot three two six. He's a really cool dude. He supports our show. We support his, and I will definitely be on it. Hopefully next week, barring any type of. Uh, scheduling biffs that I'm not aware of. I, I don't biffs. know if there is one. Sched B- biff. Oh, you know. <laughs> biff Tannen schedule biffs. Do you think Biff ever biffed? Biff biffed every every day of his life, man. He was the ultimate biffer. That's true. I guess you're right. Uh, but I would love to know if Biff thinks he could biff. Because to biff <laughs> is just to make a mistake. For those of you who don't know what a biff is, you know, I, I think that's what a biff is. It's just Sounds about right. fucking up. Screwing yeah. things up. Don't biff it. Biff it. Uh, shout out to Robert Isles. I don't know how you say your last name, Robert. Robert just recently followed the YouTube channel, and he was very happy about it. He left a comment the other day, and Robert is very active on Twitter. So, Robert, thank you. Robert's out in California, I believe, on the west side, living it up L.A. style. We thank you, Robert. Glad to know you, Robert, and I look forward to uh, further communication with you. And Thanks for supporting our show. It's fantastic. And then Dan Crinion was the guy I was talking about. Dan, shout out to you. Thank you, Dan, for supporting the show and engaging in your uh, Michigan banter today. He said he transferred out of Michigan the year before they won the national title in 97. Ooh, he said it okay. really bothers him. He also said, <laughs> yeah, he said he got, he stuffed Tyrone Wheatley in a pickup game on oh, campus. Oh, shit, really? A basketball game. Amazing. Over at the rec? At the CCRB, yeah. That's incredible. CCRB. I can't. Be- Tyrone Wheatley wasn't tall, so I guess on a basketball court, I wouldn't be as intimidated by him. But he was thick. 
He was a guy. yeah, he was a big man and a hell of an athlete. I'm sure he still had some game, but man, to stu- yeah, to stuff a guy ended up playing in the pros and is now a coach. Uh, damn, you'll live with that one forever. And I immediately told him about the only encounter I had on campus. Uh, the CCRB was with Lavelle Blanchard. He's he dunked on me. I wasn't really guarding him. I was just kind of standing under the rim, and he dunked on me, just all over me. That was fun. I. I played a game of softball with Lavelle Blanchard. He uh, oh. came and he subbed in. I was I was playing with some people from work. He came and subbed in. I knew who he was immediately, and I was like, "Oh my God, Lavelle Blanchard, how are you?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I don't I, I don't play much softball, but he played center field, caught everything that went out to him, and he hit three home runs." <laughs> who the fuck is this asshole? I wonder if people actually wonder if people have no idea who Lavelle Blanchard is. For those of you out there, he did play basketball at Michigan. He might have been on a pro roster for five seconds, but he, he played. He played, played overseas. He played overseas. I talked to him extensively about it. He's come to some of our camps and talked to the kids. Really, really great guy. Still lives in the community, and uh, yeah, he was Mich- Mr. Basketball, yeah. Ann Arbor Pioneer High School, and he was at Michigan during the darkest of days. <laughs> Hell yeah! And apparently, this bald guy is a stud. The end. Very cool. I think somebody's got the hots for you, dearie. Yeah. Well, I'm taking. Do you know who this is? I have no idea what the hell is going on here. This is Blondie Locks three three. She Larry he, Bird. I don't know. I don't know if it's a family member or a secret admirer, but somebody thinks Deary is a hot bald stud. Excellent. Oh, I just found us on Twitch. Hey, well, cool. Thanks, Blondie Locks thirty three. Thanks for joining us on Twitch. Give us a follow. Uh, we're on Monday. We're on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays talking fantasy baseball. Good times. Noodle salad. <laughs> Okay, that's why this is fun. I love that. Oh, he already followed us. What a nice fella. Thank you so much, Blondie Locks 33 And don't forget, you can be like Blondie Locks 33 by following us on YouTube. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. That's how we do it. And we appreciate your support. We're trying to grow the show. We're trying to make it better. We're trying to make it more inclusive and connected with everybody. So the more you share it, the more we can connect with you. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't, but... Anyway, uh, Blondie Locks thirty three wants to know: Do you guys play baseball? Um, Retired. I mean, uh, I'm on a softball <laughs> team, but I, no, I'm not on a baseball team at this time. Blondie Locks, sorry, yeah, haven't played haven't played baseball. It's been ten years since I played hardball. Besides, uh, I did an alumni game about seven eight years ago, but uh, we all know how I dislike softball, so I haven't moved on to that. So it's strictly MLB the show or fantasy baseball. Blondie Locks is not having it. Softball doesn't count, silly. Come on. Correct. Wow. Correct. Well, we hate to let you down, Blondie Locks. We can't we can't win them all, and we cannot please everybody. We just try to do the best we can every day. If we get a little bit better each time, that's a win for us. We'll take it. We will take it. All right. So having said that, let's get into the leading off segment. Let's get into what we're talking about. Let's get into the fantasy baseball chatter. We're not talking enough baseball here. Let's dive yeah, in. Let's roll. We're 16 minutes in here. Oh, uh, shout out to Darren S. He asked a question on Twitter, which is what I love. You guys, when you ask fantasy questions on Twitter, that makes my day. So thank you, Darren, for doing that. He threw out this little gem. He said, 12-team head-to-head keeper league, 12-team head-to-head keeper, OBP. Would you go with this trade? He gets Giancarlo Stanton, Quasker, 
Enoa, we know how to say his name, Huasker, Enoa, and Spencer Torkelson. So he gets Stanton, Enoa, and Torkelson. He gives up Bueller, Walker Bueller, Jake McGee, and one of these prospects, which is a, a list of like six guys, which includes Austin Martin, Casey Mize, Nolan Gorman, Tristan Casas, Matthew Liberator, Garrett Mitchell, Judd Fabian. Point one, being, one of those guys. Yeah, he's got to give up one. Pick and, pick and choose of a guy who may be up in a couple of years. Similar so he to gets Stanton, Enoa, and Torkelson. But he's giving up Walker Bueller. Yeah. Uh, I'm off Stanton. I mean, we we talked about Stanton several times on the pod over the last few months. I mean, the guy hasn't been able to stay healthy. We talked about it in the Shiner Ride the Pine, which you can go into the dock and look at those uh, Stanton projections. And Stanton's off to a slow start as well. So, you, Wasker, you know, he crushed a home run tonight, though, dearie. He oh. crushed one. Wasker Hernandez started tonight. I'd be interested to know how he's doing. I think I believe it's his third start. It's going to take a couple of years for Spencer Torkelson. Obviously, a couple of years. Well, the bet. Well, I mean, the bat skill is there. We'll probably see him next year, but I mean, it, is he immediately going to come up and become a stud? Uh, we have no idea. You have a proven stud in Walker Bueller, uh, Jake McGee. I mean, that's what this season that you that Jake McGee is going to perform. I mean, what can you depend yeah, on after this? I mean, I, th- I think the wild card has got to be uh, Oscar Yanoa. If he ends up being a a stud, kind of a tier two, tier three pitcher, then. Yeah, then that's a good trade, but I, I I would not give up Walker Bueller. I think he's right on right on the cusp of becoming a tier two tier one guy. And uh, you know, I had him rated I think maybe eighth or ninth uh, preseason, and he started off pretty good at good, good outing last night. Did up give up a few runs, but uh, I probably would not make that trade. Okay. Yeah, Stanton's getting older. Uh, I told him I would make the deal, depending on uh, even even the prospect. I said the prospect he should get rid of is Nolan Gorman because I don't know if Nolan Gorman's going to get the playing time now. It's a real mess for him in St. Louis. Yeah, with Arenado there now. But if he gets traded, then that completely unlocks an opportunity. So yeah, he's going to be the chip to get traded when St. Louis is looking looking to move and get some more starting pitching. Regardless, thank you so much, Darren. At Canada underscore dude. Canada dude. What a great tag that is. Follow love Darren our, on Twitter. We love our Canada Canadians. underscore dude. We do love our Canadians. My girlfriend's Canadian. I'm a big fan of our brethren and sisters to the west, east. They're all around us, really. Canada encompasses Michigan a great deal. I'm like 60% and, French Canadian. Yeah, you look like it. I can see that. That makes sense. You do. We had no clue until like my dad did like a deep dive into like our DNA and all that stuff and figured out that we're we're like 60% French Canadian. Oh, well, we're in the leading off segment. So let's get into our, Good. our first catch of the day. That's right. It goes to Ryan Weathers. Now, who the hell is Ryan Weathers? I posted on Twitter last night that I remember David Weathers, that he was an expansion pick by the Miami Marlins in 1992 in the expansion draft. Don't you love expansion drafts? I miss expansion drafts. Oh, yeah. Hell fun. yeah. Yeah. There was a, we grew up in it. We didn't realize how lucky we were, dearie. We grew up in a period of incredible expansion. If you look at all the sports, like yeah. hockey, basketball, baseball, all of them, they all exploded. The NFL was already kind of big. But the other ones in the 90s and the late 80s with the Timberwolves and the Magic and the Heat, all these teams popped up. And we had a ton of expansion drafts. And those are fun. Did you know that Ryan Weathers is David Weathers' son? I did not know that. I yeah. didn't. I, I, I heard no it last shit. night. I heard it last night because I was watching that Padres-Dodgers game and they brought it up. Oh. So he was homeschooled. Okay, I didn't know all, that. 
he was homeschooled through his elementary school days so he could go on the road and watch all of his dad's uh, games. Unfucking believable. That's so cool, man. Yeah. That makes my day. Yes. Dude, I'm so happy that connection is there because I just couldn't think of another guy named Weathers, the last name Weathers. Carl somebody Weathers. did mention. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Somebody, somebody mentioned Carl Weathers right after that. And Carl Weathers. He's fantastic. I love Carl Weathers. Action Jackson, Apollo Creed, obviously. Predator. Ryan Weathers. He's looked really good in limited opportunities. He's a pitcher, of course. He was a number seven overall pick. This is what I didn't know. He has a pedigree mm -hmm. uh, in the 2018 draft. So he's not just some Joe Schmo out of nowhere who's like, hey, I'm just uh, throwing a few good innings. Because that can happen anytime in baseball. There's actually a pedigree and, uh, and his father is David Weathers too. So it goes even further back. There's a lineage. This makes me even more intrigued. And if I were you, I would probably be taking a flyer on Mr. Ryan Weathers right now because he looks really good when he pitches. It's only going to be in small doses, though. You're not going to get a lot of innings out of this guy because he hasn't really pitched much in the last two years. No, he hasn't pitched above a ball. Uh, last year, obviously, nothing happened with the minor leagues, but he looked really solid last night. little crafty lefty against the Dodgers. Uh, I, I picked him up in one of my other leagues, and uh, he's going to be in that rotation right now because our good buddy that we love to hate on, of course, is Mr. Denelson Lamette, who is probably going to the DL here immediately after his first start with forearm issues. So Ryan Weathers is going to get some run here. Don't expect a ton of innings out of him. He, he pitched into the sixth last night, which was really nice, and he's going to get some starts. It's probably only going to be maybe four or five innings out of the gate, but he, I think he's going to give some fantasy value uh, early on here. We told you about Lamette. Those of you that were hoping on hope that Denelson Lamette was going to somehow give you 10 innings even? I mean... 20? You got those of you who thought you were gonna get hundred innings out of this guy. You're not. You were out to lunch. You're in fantasy land. You're dreaming. You're hoping. You probably are the same person who thinks that you could score a date with like a really hot woman that would you would never ever be able to, they would just completely ignore you. You would have no chance in hell. So I understand the optimism. I understand hope. And I appreciate it as much as anybody else. Me and Deary love, you know, our lives are built on hope. Without hope, we have nothing, but but the Nelson's case, that was kind of wishful thinking, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're you're a part of the 1% if you're uh, all over to Nelson Lamette uh, coming into this season. It's uh, we, uh, The Palazzo pod was against him. We had many guests on that talked about him, and I would say probably 99% of the people that we brought on were not on board with Mr. Lamette this year. Fuck me. This is out of control. What's going Brian, on? You got this weird good face. pal, Brian K. checking in. Decrom going out for the eighth with 15 Ks on, check this out, 92 pitches. That's How nuts. That he's, he's not throwing balls at all. He's just gearing up, throwing 99, 100 right by you. That is, yeah. that's unbelievable. That is the most efficient shit I have ever heard of in my life. That is really impressive. Kudos to Degrom, man. He is so damn good. What a badass. Uh, thank you for keeping us updated, Brian. We appreciate that. You're always here on the live stream with us, just like anybody else can be, anytime, any place. We got the Fab Show coming up on Sunday. Don't forget, Sunday at about 6.45, 7 o'clock Eastern time, we'll pop on. We'll talk about some of the upcoming bids. I know somebody who I'll be bidding on this week. I don't want to tell you yet, though. It's a secret. So, keep it, Anybody keep, you already keep, thinking about? You thinking about somebody, Deary? 
Uh, no, I'm going to keep everything a secret, like the Built to Spill album. Keep it a secret. Keep it like a secret. It's a great album. Absolutely. Oh, plan keeps coming. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Is it still... Uh, is Jackie Robinson weekend? Like, is it another weekend? I have. I, Why are I the Mets wearing... Uh, the so. Mets and the Nats are all wearing Jackie Robinson's number tonight. Uh, did they not participate last week? I don't, I don't know. Is that what happened? What, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, because it was his, you know, Jackie Robinson's days, April 15th. That was last weekend. So I don't know. Yeah, and it was the whole, I noticed. Yeah, it was the whole weekend that everyone was wearing the uh, number 42. It was so funny. There was a great picture Christina sent to me. Uh, it was Rugnet Odor uh, with his hat off from behind with number 42. And it looked just like Mariano Rivera. And she's like, is that Rivera on the field? I'm like, nope, that's Rugnet Odor. Oh, shit. Really? Oh, here we go. We're going live. Yeah, can you see this? Yeah. Is this legal? Can you hear this? No. Oh, well, that's lame. I wonder how you pipe. Yeah, I don't know if this is legal, but we're watching it live. <laughs> it's Jan Gomes at the plate. He's over 2 at the strikeout and a ground out. Jacob DeGrom. Still two hits. on the mound. He's giving up two hits, it looks like. Is that right? 15 two? strikeouts. Amazing. 95 pitches. He just threw 97 miles an hour, too, by the way. And that's slow for him, right? Yeah, he's he's usually sitting 98, 99. Oh, it's routine can of corn. <laughs> can of corn. There you go. Good job, DeGrom. Okay, Jacob DeGrom's good in case you guys didn't know. All right, so Ryan Weathers, definitely worth your time. Pick him up, take a chance on him. He has the pedigree. He's got the lineage, like I said. So it's more than just a flash in the pan. But he's not going to give you a lot of innings. So yeah. don't be relying on this guy as one of your top five or six starters at all. Just take him as one of these kind of bonus inning guys like a, uh, I don't know, who else out there is playing? Who's playing the same role out there in baseball right now? There's other guys like him. Um, JT Brubaker? I don't know. Well, no, JT's starting. But anyways, this is a guy who's going to give you a few innings, but he's not going to pitch more than four probably. Oh, he pitched in the six last night. Yeah, but that's not going to happen again. That's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. He did, yeah, but it's not yeah. going to happen anymore. Yeah, it'll be hard for him to get wins. And and he was in line for the win, and then Emilio Pagan came in and gave up two home runs. It's like you said, he, there's no he didn't pitch at all technically last year because of the, you know, the bozo season. He didn't pitch on the record as far no. as I know last year. Not at all. No, he was just at probably at the training site doing any doing. I mean, he has barely over 100 innings in minor league ball. Yeah, and in 2019, yeah, he pitched 96 innings. That was it. Otherwise, he's got nothing. So just don't expect a lot. There's not going to be a heavy load from this dude. So don't make that mistake. All right, let's talk Shiner Ride the Pine results. So the results are in. Deary, you worked really hard on this. Shiner Ride the Pine. You put together a beautiful document. You should share this with everybody. You know, I don't know if you did or not, but no, I haven't yet. I send it to, send it to you. I'll I'll share it later tonight, and I'll uh, tag everybody oh who's been on our show. It's not working. What's happening? Oh, oh there no. we go. I had to reset it. There it is. So he's got it organized by teams, like I said, and with a tab for each division. So you got six tabs, and he's got all the names of these people that came on our show. Uh, for example, the Red Sox. He's got. Deary's name, my name, then Michael Simeone's. Uh, anybody who commented on a Red Sox, they're on the record here. Yep. By the way, I always, I always think about this because they're called the Red Sox, but when you're talking about a one player, he's a Red Sox, right? But yeah. it's not Red Sox. 
it's X. It's very weird. I've always wondered what you do with these singular individual players who play yeah, for the wh- White Sox. And the why, Sox. It, why is it SOX? Send it on and SOX. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know why that is. No clue. At any rate, Deary did great work on this. And Deary, I really think you should like share this with people because... Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll share it later tonight. I'll throw it out on Twitter. I'll, I'll tag all the people that have been on our show, uh, close to like 40 guests. It's funny because I finished the doc and then I realized there was like four or five pods that I, I forgot to get to. So Bubba and Toby, uh, a couple other guys that I, I had to throw on there at the end. But, what if I uh, put it in the chat really right here? Do you mind? No, I don't know. Oh, good. I'm going to share it with people. You're on the live stream. Here it is. There's the link if you want to look at it. Take a look at who said what and who was right or wrong. It's not over yet because the season's in progress. But there's a few of these that you could look at and be like, whoa, that's probably not going to happen. So, for example, the Red Sox here. Let's take a look at, oh, how about a pitcher? Okay, Nathan Eovaldi. By the way, you have, oh, yeah, we had two different Eovaldi mm-hmm. stat predictions. 165 Ks. Deary did not comment? I, I was probably not on that show. Oh, this, okay, it was yeah, the Eric Cross yeah, and Chris Clegg show. Yeah, so here it is. Yeah, a few yeah. shows that I, I weren't on. So I rode the pine on Eovaldi, 165Ks. I might be wrong about that. That might, I mean, he looks good so far, and he's one of their best key pitchers right now. What did uh, Clegg and Cross do? They all rode the pine. All three of us rode the pine yeah. on Nathan Eovaldi, 165 strikeouts. This Listening year. back to that pod uh, for the Shine and Ride the Pine, I think both of them were talking about just not seeing starting pitching starting pitchers get enough innings and with COVID it's, it's so funny, especially the pods that came out over like the last month and a half and talking about like the deadened ball and that being like put into some of the predictions and factoring into some of the predictions, which is so funny because I don't think we've seen much of a deadened ball yet. Mm -mm. Uh, Well, there was like an initial freak out that first week when we heard about it. There was, but I actually was thinking about this. Playing DFS, you notice it a little bit more because it's so daily and routine. Mm-hmm. There, there was a few days there was like just tons of shutouts or like very low scoring games. Okay. So I don't, there's been moments where I've actually questioned, like, well, maybe this ball is changing, but then shit explodes and people go crazy with 15 runs today for the Cubs. So it'll be interesting know. to see at the end of the season how many home runs were hit. Yeah, but that's also that's poor analysis on my part. Just because the Cubs scored 15 runs doesn't mean the ball's not dead. And I mean, you could hit a bunch of singles and doubles. We got to be looking at exit velocities, max exit velocities, and how the ball's traveling, how far it's going. And what I hear from the people who are much more intelligent on this subject than me, Deary, is that this ball's even more jumpy. Like it. it <laughs> Alex Chamberlain, I don't know how he described it. Alex Chamberlain described it on Twitter. He said the reason some people are setting new career-high max EVs, exit velocities, is because the ball is different. It's a more bouncier, more fly-off-the-bat ball. So it's not that they're getting stronger. It's just that the ball has changed. It's a bouncy ball. Yeah, a more bouncier, a more, you know, bang it up, a ball that you can crush the shit out of, and it's just very, it's like a super ball, you know? Oh, David Petrucci checking in, just like all of you. You can all check in on our live stream and comment in real time. Dave's commenting in real time, and he says, Grade the trade. Just traded Molina, I assume that's Yachty, for a 16th round pick, which is a first round pick in their league. I view Molina as the ultimate sell high right now. Hold on, Dave. I can still disallow this trade because it's in our league. (laughs) 
<gasps> wow. So you traded Yadi Molina for a first round pick. Uh, a first round pick? Dave, that's, that's nice. not Dave, that's not a first round pick. We keep well, 12. <laughs> oh God. Dave, 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 check your math. That's Sorry, a Dave. that's a that's a fourth round pick, Dave. Mike Kerlin in the house. What's up, Mikey? Mike says the ball is lighter too. See, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. The new ball, new changes every year. A lighter ball, I would assume that means the ball's going to fly a lot easier. Whee! You ever try to throw a softball and then try to pick up a hardball and throw a hardball? There's a big difference. <laughs> you huge. notice it instantly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Shiner by the Pine Wise, I'm, this is such a great document. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm trying to look for some other examples of things that could already be bust because we're only on April 23rd I mean, right now. There, there's a lot of injuries in there, so I think some of those might just get negated. Um, oh. there's, there's some guys we expected to make teams and then didn't, uh, you know, guys that are obviously <laughs> out for the season, which are, which are fun. Here's a, let's give Max freeze credit. Max freeze. Shut Hope Max is doing uh, well out there. Max. I haven't talked to you in a minute. Bone thugs, Max. When I think Max freeze, I think bone thugs every single time. Mark Kiefer knows what I'm talking about. Josh Lindblom, 187 strikeouts. That was the. Can you believe it? Can you believe that right now? That 187 was the actual projection because we base these off projections. Yeah, we thought he was going to be in the starting rotation when I listened to that pod. You guys were talking about him being in the starting rotation, and he had a spot start today and got murdered oh. by the Cubs. Well, he got a. You know, he came in because uh, Bozo. It was an opener, right? Yeah. So the opener, whoever the fuck it was for the Brewers. Uh, he he was okay, and then Lindblom comes in, and all hell breaks loose. It's a total nightmare. Eight earned runs, I believe. Eight earned runs. Lindblom, not cool, bad. dude. Yep. Baez hit a home run. Rizzo hit a home run. Contreras hit a home run. Oh yeah, it was Brett Anderson. He's the one who started. He lasted a third of an inning, gave up three earned, three hits, and then Lindblom did just as bad. Three walks, three walks, nine hits. Eight earned runs. God, that's terrible. That's just awful. He gave up three home runs, like you said. Lindblom's current ERA is ten ninety seven, and that might even be before this outing. It could be worse than that. So, not pretty. God, Lindblom and Keller, Brad Keller. Brad Keller got ripped on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday night. I was not a fan of Brad Keller. I was not a fan of Josh Lindblom. But I allowed other people to talk me into these fuckers. And I started to, I, I drafted Lindblom a few times because of yeah. people I respected. That's my I'm responsible for that. I take responsibility for that. But it just reminds me again, like, I gotta stick to what I know. Let because I can it's just a lot easier for me to live with the fact that if I fuck up, it's I'm fully responsible. Nobody else can be blamed. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, with as many guests as we had on the pod over the last four or five months, it's very easy to get talked into guys. I mean, I, I believe a guy like a a Dylan Moore that we've been all against. There was at least one or two guys that came out on the pod that kind of softened our stance on it a little bit. I have no shares of Dylan Moore, and he's been absolutely atrocious through the first 15, 16 games or, or whatever. But I think very uh, easy. David Donald loved Dylan Moore. It's very easy when we have some guys who, who know just as much as us, if not more, in terms of the work that they put in to talk you into somebody. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, yeah, I'm not trying to chastise, and we're not better than anybody. You guys know us by now. If you don't know the show, you know we're not like that. But we're going to be culpable for the fuck-ups that we make, which will happen. And 
I just sleep better at night knowing that I'm fully responsible for all the errors and all the poor roster choices. Those make, are on me. You got to make your own decisions. You got to watch the snap. So, uh, yeah, Shine and Ride the Pine Wise. Uh, boy, I, I don't know. There's just so much here. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, 31 saves. 31 saves for Craig Kimbrell. All three people, including me and you, rode the pine on 31 saves. The caveat to that was we all said he was going to get traded. We did. We mm-hmm. did say that. But now the Cubs, I don't know, the Cubs look like they're maybe in the game here. They're kind of focused and they're on a winning streak. Maybe he stays. They're starting to get the bats going. I mean, they're over 500 now and the Central. Nobody's really uh, come out of the gate too hot in the Central. So, I mean, it's it's going to be killer in the Central. I think there's going to be three, four teams all in the race up to the end. Oh, yeah. Reds, Brewers, Cardinals, and Cubs. That's a – what a – Ah, what a tough division that is. Mike Curlin's in the live stream commenting, just like you can <laughs> if you want to be here. He says he was out on players, but he got talked in on players, yep. and it sucks. But <laughs> it's my yep. fault for doing it, so he yep. takes responsibility. Good for yeah. you, Mike. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. You're a stand-up guy. You're aces. Remember that movie, Smoking Aces? Not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, there was a lot of hype on that one. Slot hype. It was a bust. It was a big bust. It was like that Ryan Leaf esque. Is that a Guy Ritchie film? No, it's uh, Joe no. Carnahan who did Narc. Joe Carnahan. Oh, that was his follow up to Narc. I like Narc. Narc's great. Yeah, that's an incredible film. But Smoking Aces, eh, not so much. Uh, so, Craig Kimbrell, all three of us rode the pine. The third person being Mr. Sanchez. Who's Mr. Sa- oh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah Sanchez. Miss Sanchez. <laughs> Not Sarah a Sanchez. Mr. Ms. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Sam. I can't believe Sarah. Sarah, do you know that you rode the pine on Craig Gibbles' 31 saves? I wonder she, if she's aware of that. Go, going back through it, she was actually out on a lot of Cubs for Shine to Ride the Pine this year. Not like last year where it was, I think, Shine on all of them. Yeah. Uh, she's not. She's a good fan. She loves her Cubs, but she's also willing to keep it real. So I do respect yeah. that about her. She's not just like a, I'm a homer. I'm a homer 24-7. I'm a homer, you know, waving the uh, hanky towels like the Pittsburgh. I don't know why I thought of the Pittsburgh terrible towel when I thought of homers for some reason. That's the first thing I just thought of, though. Don't lie to people, says Mike Curlin. <laughs> no lying. <laughs> Thank you, Mike Curlin. And as always, thanks for the kind words, Govier. Of course. Mikey, we love you. We're here to support you. And we appreciate you checking in on the show and saying hello and interacting. For the record, Mike is still the only person ever to call this show. <laughs> That's right. So, that was so you can funny. call the show. You can call the show yeah. if you want. We're always available. 734-489-3224. Come on by. We are now accepting phone calls. If you have questions about your fantasy team, always available for you. Uh, okay, anything else on this before we move on from it? Are we still in housekeeping? Open. No, we're different. Oh, no, it was Catch of the Day. We went from Ryan Weathers. We're talking about Shiner on the Pine. We're oh, talking, giving you yeah. full credit for all the work you've done here. <laughs> yeah, so we'll share, we'll share that out uh, this weekend, and uh, maybe we'll do a segment e- each week and kind of check in on uh, each division and, and talk about some of these players that we made crazy predictions on. Nathan Dockin uh, shined C.J. Crone hitting 23 or more home runs. He has one right now. Hey, all right. Uh, oh, here's one. How about this? Bellinger. 12 steals for Bellinger. Uh, I You shined it. Ah, no! <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I think I would have shined I don't know. I, I would have probably shined it. I probably would have. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough to Justin look Mason back. With, it, it's going to be tough to look back, and and if injuries are the reason that you did not shine on some of these, it'll be it'll be tough to swallow. Justin Mason, he rode the pine on Bellinger's twelve steals. So good for you, Justin. You're looking good early. You're smart, motherfucker. <laughs> By the way, Steve Guile, who is degromming my ass in my home league right now with total dominance, he's checking in and give us an update on the reason why the Mets are wearing the. Jackie Robinson jerseys. Mets were rained out at the end of the homestand on Jackie Robinson Day. Then they hit the road for a series in Denver and Chicago. They returned home tonight, so now they can don <laughs> the 42 at home. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Much obliged, my good man. DeGrom was, oh, he went out for the ninth. And Brian's four drinks deep. Congratulations, Brian. <laughs> Brian, loyal listener, dedicated. <laughs> I got some catching up to do. Four drinks deep. That's pretty good for 9.44 Eastern time on a Friday night. Not bad. Dave Petrucci's coming back in on that trade that he just made for Yadi yeah. Molina in a first-round pick. He sent me a text. Thought it was 15 next year. Oh, well, I give up. Okay, Dave. Well, don't give up. Never give up. Dave, you're fine. You gave up a draft pick, or you got Whatever. a draft pick for, for a catcher for Molina, who's doing pretty good. He's probably going to retire here in the next couple of years. You traded him over to Derek. I mean, you got a draft pick for it. I, th- I think it's a fine yeah. trade. Beautiful. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are live streaming, and of course, we're potting it. If you're listening to the podcast version, please give us a five-star review. Take time out. For some reason, Apple is the only place you're allowed to rate. Uh, I saw our buddies from the Upper Deck Pod the other day. They posted on Twitter, hey, Spotify, get a fucking rating system. What the hell? They're trying to compete with Apple, but you can't rate podcasts on Spotify. Why is that? That Why is Apple the only one? That doesn't make any sense. I it's listen to almost way. yeah. I, I I listen to almost all of my podcasts on Spotify. I can't, I can't rate any of them. Very odd. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. It's not, it's un-American. It's not. It's all about competition. It's un-American. It is. It is. There's only yeah. one place where we can rate pods. Unfortunately, it's on Apple. If you're not an Apple user, I don't know how you rate it. Uh, just give up. But if you can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating and review. I gotta tell you, it would make uh, make us feel pretty good. It, it lightens the load for us, puts a little pep in our step, makes us feel more alive. I I feel so alive. Remember P.O.D.? Holy fuck, that was a real band. That really happened. Garbage. What? You remember? I mean, that yeah. happened. That was like yeah, a thing. Were, yeah. It's what that... was the big hit? Uh, uh, P.O.D. You. We are the youth of the nation. That was one of them. Uh, we are. Yeah, I remember that. No, no. The, what was the big one, though? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Was, this is. Uh, uh, what? We're 2000, in a, 2000, South Town. South Town. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> we're in a South Town. Do, 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 kids don't play. Yeah, Actually, it's that yeah. like uh, the post grunge rap rock era of like 99 to like 2003, where they're really much. There were, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that was popular in rock was just like atrocious in my mind. Oh my dear lord. POD. Boy, I've not thought about POD in a long, long time. Anyways, like I said, five star rating on Apple Podcasts, five star review. It helps the show, it allows us to grow. We have 37 ratings as of today. So that's nice. Uh, some of the big time shows have like five hundred, a thousand. So if we can, if we can get up to fifty, if and if they would be five stars, that would be preferable. But uh, we do appreciate that. We had somebody post a review on April twelfth. This is from Mister Wilson. These guys are two of the best I've listened to in the fantasy baseball realm. Their advice is really good, and they are knowledgeable. 
across all facets of the game. What makes this podcast stand out is the fact that they are fun to listen to and work so well as a tandem. That's so nice. Thank uh, you, Mr. Wilson. What a nice Mr. guy. Mr. Wilson. Cheers to you, Mr. Wilson. Thank you for rating and reviewing the show. Whoever you are, I salute you. All right. Don't forget, Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. We shove it down your throat by now. You should know how to follow us, where we are, Twitter, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. Sub the YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Okay, enough of that bullshit. Move on. Is it time to press the panic button? Are we in a state of emergency? Are we calling FEMA? Are we? Oh, I knew it. J.A. Hap's got a no-no through seven innings against the oh, Pirates. Isn't that unbelievable? How many times could the Pirates be no-hit? It's so funny. Let's you see know, if it happens. But Brubaker's pitching pretty good in that game, too, though. Oh, I picked him up. I Even though it's the Twins, I picked up Brubaker, and I went with him in, uh, I think, maybe one of the... TGFBI or one of my NFBC leagues because Brubaker was incredible against the Brewers the previous week. He was striking out fools, one run. That was in Miller Park, too. He was dominant. He looked fantastic. Brubaker has gone six with four strikeouts, gave up two runs. Uh, looks like he's only walked one guy. So he's he's looked nice. pretty solid. I got one share of him, and I'm starting him tonight. But I'm also starting him against J.A.P., who has wow. only three Ks, two walks, but no hits given up. Yo, Guile, I wonder if Guile's out there. I'm going head-to-head against Guile. Oh, he's out there. 15 strikeouts from the ground today against me. That sucks for me. I was going to pick up Jay Hap for a spot start, but I didn't. I I pushed out. So that would have been nice, I guess. But, hey, shit happens. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. So should we press the panic button? Deary, we have a list of players here. You've put together a really good list. I added a couple myself. Let's get into it. Should we press the panic button? This is the panic button, by the way. It's terrifying. Yeah. Don't you feel panic when you hear this? I am freaking out right now. Ah! Turn it off! Good God. All right, let's start with Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Trevor Story's hitting the shit out of the ball. He's crushing the ball. He's just not hitting any home runs yet. He's in a weird, weird territory right now. I just got the notification. He just hit his first home run of the season. One one minute ago. One minute ago. Yes, I played him in DFS tonight because I knew this guy had it home run at some point. He's at Coors Field. He's going up against Vince Velasquez, who sucks. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful news. Yeah, Trevor Story has not lived up to the hype so far, but you got to look deeper into the numbers right now. So his K rate is down 3%. His batting average is sitting at 273, which is right around career average. The last couple of years, he's been a little bit above that. ISO is at 106. So that's down 150 points from his career. Because, Daisy. because he's not putting the ball out of the park. Uh, we I was just going to say no home runs, only one stolen base, which that stolen base came in the first game, but he just hit a home run. But keep looking into these numbers. Exit velocity, barrels, home hit, home or hard hit rate, all on his career average. Line drives, ground balls, fly balls, all fine. Opposite field down, double-digit percentage. But he's going to be a guy who pulls the ball for most of his home runs. He's not seeing a ton of fastballs. So what's the story here? What's the story on Trevor Story? He's batting 70 points less at home than away. Seems kind of weird. Now, the weather that hasn't been... Bullshit. The weather hasn't been great in Colorado. It was snowing there the other day. Oh. 
He's yeah, batting. It'll be like seventy degrees next. He's day. batting over three hundred with men on base, but he doesn't have a ton of RBIs. He doesn't have a ton of runs. Now, what's hurting him right now is Ramel Tapia and Ryan McMahon, who are ahead of him. Both have been okay with a two seventy five average. McMahon has six home runs, so he's been batting ahead of Story. So that's been killing some of his RBI opportunities. And what's killing Trevor Story in the run opportunities when he's on base is the two guys behind him. Charlie Blackman and CJ Cron have been atrocious. They're both under 200 and between the two of them only have two home runs. Now the weather's going to help him out. It's going to pick up in, in Colorado. It's going to get a little warmer. He just hit a home run tonight. Don't freak out. Don't go ahead and try to trade Trevor story for a hall of players. The guy is going to come back to what he's been able to do over the last few years. He's probably still going to steal 20 bags. I see him close to 30 home runs. He's going to be fine. Don't freak out. Once we looked in deeper into these numbers, it, he's doing all the things he would normally do, and it, it, he's just gotten some bad luck. And that's what uh, what's happened with a lot of these players we're going to mention. It's just it's just some bad luck through three four weeks of the season. It's going to start to pick up. Hopefully, it starts to pick up tonight as he hit a home run, and he's going to move right up those charts on short stops within the next month. I guarantee it. Well, the only thing that's cause for concern here is the steals. Yeah, he's, the home runs weren't going out yet. That'll be fine. The home runs are coming. He still hits the shit out of the ball, so don't worry about that. But he's been caught twice. Okay. Only stole once. He's been on base. He's had 18 hits, and he's had five walks in total. So that's been an, you know 23 times on base. Not a lot of opportunities for him to steal there. Um, that caused, I, I would think maybe he would have at least four attempts. Out of that many opportunities on base. So uh, this is the one area of Trevor Story's profile I think we should be the most focused on. Nothing else, because we know he can hit. But if he's not going to steal, that's going to really, really hurt his overall value. Because he was yeah. drafted as a guy who could go head-to-head with a Trey Turner type or Jose Ramirez. He's, he's drafted as a five-cat guy who you were... You're thinking he's going to steal 25, 30 bases. He had 16 stolen bases last year. I think he was third in the league in stolen bases uh, behind Mondesi, and I think someone else tied with him. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the, the steals are an absolutely a concern. I'd have to look deeper in to see what the circumstances were when he got on base. Was there someone on second base? You know, how many times was he on first with no one at second? How many outs are there? But, yeah, I mean, we'll see moving forward if he continues to at least have some attempts. I think the attempts might be the scariest thing. You said he's had three attempts and one steal, so that's three attempts. attempts. Two two attempts. And his first steal steal was the first week. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm a dumbass. Two plus one is three. (laughs) Caught stealing twice, one stolen base. Yeah, I got to see more attempts. Damn. His sprint speed is not changed. If anything, he's getting a little faster. Last year is a 28.9. So far, early on, early, early, 27.8. So he's not getting slower, so that's not the problem. It's just a matter of opportunity, and baseball is a weird game, and how the situations come about where you get a chance to steal can be very game-dependent and, you know, managerial philosophy. But they've let him steal before, so I don't know why there would be. It's also colder. Maybe they're a little worried, like, hey, you know, so wait till it gets a little bit warmer. Then we'll get those legs going, and we don't want to have you have a, any type of groin injury or a hammy issue, and then we lose you. So. And, of course, this is the Rockies. They are geniuses. I mean, these are some of the most intelligent <laughs> people in all of Major League Baseball. Genius, genius, genius. They really are. So, oh, is that true? Yeah. 
Okay, so Trevor Story, <laughs> we're not hitting the panic button, right? Not not we're at not. all. I am not we hitting the hit panic it. button. Okay. Hold, hold, hold on to Mr. Story. All right, next up, Francisco Lindor. He signed the big mega deal, $340 million with Steve Cohen, a scumbag hedge fund manager who also owns the New York Mets. But that's not what this story is about. This story is about Francisco Lindor and what he's been doing basically for about a year and a half, a little bit more than that. I, uh, I'd i be a little concerned. Deary, what concerns you? The concerns is that he has one home run. Uh 18 and 19, he hit 38, 32, and then even in 17, he hit 33. So he only has one home run, only three RBIs through 15 games, and he's batting 204. So anybody who drafted Lindor in the first couple of rounds are, are feeling a lot of panic right now. Um, the encouraging thing is he's not striking out a ton. His walk rate is up to 16%. He's gotten really, really unlucky. He's a career 297 BABIP. Right now, his BABIP is at 205. So that K rate is down 8% from his career. He's, he's clearly getting on base when he's hitting the ball. Problem is he's not getting many barrels. He has not had many barrels when he's hitting the ball. And I, I think the problem is the Mets have had some, some postponed games because of weather. They, they've run into some COVID issues with the team they were playing. He yeah. just hasn't really gotten into his groove. He's hitting a ton of ground balls, but he's had no luck with his ground balls. And, Lindor, where his bread and butter is hitting line drives, and his line drives are down a ton. So there's certainly some concern right now, but there's also some things that he is doing well. It's not like he's swinging and missing the ball a ton, like I said. He's not striking out. He's getting on base. I think a lot has to be said about these postponed games, and he just hasn't been able to get into a consistent groove. Now, the big concern is, we talked about this in, you know, leading up to the season, was the steals. Are the steals going to be there? You know, He went from... 25 to 22 stolen bases in 18 and 19. He had six stolen bases last year. And we were just wondering, you know, he's at the top of the lineup with the Mets. Are the steals going to be there? He has zero steals right now. Yeah, this is, this was the big concern. I avoided Lindor almost universally. As Yeah, as, as did I, because if he can't hit 25 to 30 home runs and steal double digit bags, where is the value that you're getting from him? He's not been a guy who's been able to bat over 280 in his career. Yeah, he I only think did... people would think that he's that, you know, he's kind of a smaller guy. He should hit like 320. No, that's not what he does. He's a 284 career hitter. He's only hit over yeah. over 300 twice and those were his first two years in the league and then the power numbers jumped up. And, and he's not a guy that strikes out a ton, but without he any He doesn't walk a lot either. With yeah, I mean, besides this year, so there'll, there'll probably be some regression in that walk rate, you know, career walk rate of 8.2%. It's at 16% right now. I mean, it, maybe that changes just because he's at the top of the lineup for the Mets, but without hitting home runs or stealing bases, it's hard to find some value in Lindor. He only has eight runs as well through 15 games. I mean, this is a guy that a lot of people projected at the top of the lineup to, to get 100 runs for the Mets, and that's just not happening right now. Yeah. Man, I I had him in my home league. He was a keeper for me for a couple years, won some titles with him, had some great times, and I started to lose interest as 2019 was wrapping up. I, th I was getting more and more concerned. And last year, I think I finally traded him because mm -hmm. I just was like, I can't ride with this guy, especially in an OBP league, because there's already an issue for me in OBP with him, as we mentioned. He does not walk a lot. 
Brian here, Brian K says, great point, Deary. Lindor is pressing in New York, in my opinion. He needs that Matsui Grand Slam moment. That sounds very New York-centric, Brian. I don't like that. Uh, come on, get it together. I assume that was a playoff moment. I imagine so, yeah. Yankees, Yankees, New York, New York, New York! Nobody cares, okay? No, but I want Lindor to do well. He, I do like Lindor. He's a guy to root for, but that's not what this is about. It's about the fact he doesn't run like he used to. And if he's not a guy who will ever hit for average, he never will be, then we are really looking at a guy that doesn't have nearly the value for especially where he's drafted at. You know, I you said, Deary, that you avoided him universally just like I did. I didn't I think I maybe drafted him one time out of all the drafts I did, which was, you know, probably about twenty three or more. I only drafted him one time and I had opportunities to do so, but I mm-hmm. always avoided it. I just was I was like, I can't do it. I'm scared. I, I never liked where he was going in a lot of drafts, which I, I saw in a lot of 15 team league drafts. I saw second round a lot and I was like, man, there's there's other shortstops that I would rather have three, four rounds later that are going to give you much better value. You know, I had Tim Anderson rated above Lindor because I know I'm going to get 20 bags from Tim Anderson. I know he's going to bat 300 and he's probably going to put 20, 20 balls over the fence as well. So I, I was concerned about Lindor, and it's it's to the point of I don't know if he can hit 25, 30 home runs anymore, and I don't know if double-digit stolen bases are there anymore. So if, if that's the case with him, I think there could be cause for panic here. In the second half of 2019, he had 13 total steal attempts. 13 steal attempts. This is 19? This is the second half of 2019. Okay. that This was a year where... He still had, you know, double-digit steals, but mm-hmm. he, thirteen total attempts in the second half of 2019 is doesn't sound that bad. But then when you start to add it up with last year and then what we're seeing this year, it seems like there's he's running less. It's just that's what you would have to deduce from this situation. You yeah. just can't avoid it. He had 22 steals in 2019, and that was down from 25. Other than that, he never stole 20 bags in a season. The other three years before that, 12 steals, 19 steals, 15 steals. So he, I think we might have to hit the panic button on this one. I'm a little concerned. What do you think? 35 attempts in 18, 27 attempts in 19. In 2020, he only attempted eight steals. So extrapolate yeah, that, that over a season, it's and it's a little over twenty. And this year, he has attempted one stole once, and he got caught. If you look at his running stats, stat cast wise, I mean, he never was like the fastest motherfucker, but he was a solid. I mean, he can run. He, he's in the upper echelon of people who can run the bases. Mm-hmm. He wasn't super fast. Um, I don't know, you know. Uh, career, I, I think, I think I'm gonna hit the panic button on this. I think, I think if I were you guys, I would try to trade him, but I would wait until the opportunity arose because right now you don't want to trade him at the lowest point. You never want to no, do that. No, I mean it's the worst it can be right now. Obviously, that average is gonna tick up a little bit. He's gonna, you know, become a little more lucky. You know, is with his Babbitt being so crazy right now, so crazy low. Like he, he's gonna get a little more lucky and have more chances to, to boost up that average and, and give himself some more value. And then probably you 
you get rid of him. But I don't think he's a guy that you're going out and trading for right now, even though he's at the lowest. I, I think there's a lot of cause for concern with Francisco Lindor. Yeah, uh, it's a great lineup, though, and they can really go to town in terms of scoring runs and run production. So that's not an issue. I think that might be the reason why I would I would hold for now. On this date, April 23rd, hold Francisco Lindor today. Let's see what happens. And if he does get hot, if it gets into May and he starts heating up on a tear, I think you should start considering trade opportunities at that point and finding somebody who, in this echelon of players, is more reliable. Because the value he was drafted at as a top 20 overall player, top 25 at worst, that's somebody you should be depending on for all the stats. Not hoping that, oh, I'm hoping that he'll steal bases. No, you would depend on him based on how high you drafted him for steals. There's no Shiner Ride the Pine predictions on Francisco Lindor. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll do a better job of that next season. Organizing, making sure oh, wait, I'm no. checking which oh, players no. we've been doing. So. I'm wrong. There, there, There is one. Oh! 18 stolen bases. Ariel Cohen pined it. Yeah, good call. Ariel's a Mets fan, too, so mm-hmm. he probably knows the shit. I'm doing it. I'm hitting the panic button. <laughs> Didn't want to do it, but, you know, had to be done. I had to get it on, man. <laughs> That's terrifying. All right, uh, Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda has looked uh, pretty pedestrian, they say. Apparently, pedestrian's not good, right? That's like so-so, not... No wow factor, no flash. Not good, not good. Yeah. So, Kenta Maeda is somebody I'm very familiar with, obviously, because we all know, those of you that listen to the show semi-regularly, I kept Kenta Maeda over Corbin Burns in my home league, and I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life. It's permanent mark on my <laughs> resume. Every, every pod will bring it up. Yeah, we have to. We got to tell the truth. I will always tell the truth, and I'm responsible for my actions. So, yes, I did that. But I, I didn't think Maeda would be this bad, obviously, or else I never would have kept him. He, it's only three starts, though. It's not like it's been six weeks or even two months of some continued regression. What do you think of Kenta Maeda, Deary? Yeah, so what's not looking good right now is his, his walks are up. He's not inducing ground balls. His, his ground ball rate is down 17% from last year and 10%. Oh, by the way, the no-no is over. Sorry. No-no yeah, no, broke that. it up for J-Hap. Yeah, so ground ball rate down 17% from last year and 10% from his career average. That's kind of his bread and butter as a guy who, who works down in the zone. His slider is getting eaten up. He's just leaving all of that stuff over the plate. And exit velocity and hard hit rate is through the roof right now. So he's really, really struggling. Now, looking deep into you know, some of his numbers, there's some things that, that don't really add up. The BABIP against him right now is 400. Like, that's that's just crazy. 208 and 243 BABIP over two of his last three years. And what really, really concerns me, obviously, has been the fact that he's just leaving stuff in the, in the middle of the zone and it's getting eaten up. He's given up some big innings. One of the numbers that really in- intrigued me was the O contact. So his O contact, so that's percentage of contact made outside of the zone, is at 63%. That's up 15% from last year. So <laughs> so, so everything being thrown out of the zone is is being hit for, for, for base hits and doubles, and a few have gone over the plate. So he's 
the things that are being thrown out of the zone are actually getting hit. Normally, when he's going to be successful, he's getting people to chase the slider outside of the zone or chase stuff down in the dirt. And he's just leaving too many things over the middle right now. Obviously, that BABIP is going to come back down, down to down to earth. Uh, you know, other teams are batting 346 against him. There's no way this is going to continue. And you also got to look at some of the matchups he's had. He's had some tough, tough matchups over his first four starts. But this is a guy that a lot of people saw as like an SP2, a guy who was who was going, you know, seventh, eighth round in, in, in a lot of drafts, and he has not given you much so far. Yeah, he's not this bad, obviously. So let's dismiss that notion. And he's gone up against Oakland, Boston, Detroit, and Milwaukee. Detroit sucks. He was actually right. pretty good that start, though. Yeah. So that's Oakland, the good news. Oakland's on fire. Boston has one of the best records in the league, and they've been putting the ball over the fence in every game. Yeah, it's just so bad that at Oakland, though, he gave up three home runs and seven earned runs. This is not a place that offense thrives. So that was really surprising. Uh, but, uh, you know, anything can happen on any given day on one start. You take the bump, and shit happens. So let's toss it up to that. I'm not hitting the panic button on this at all because it's too early. And... He's not hurt. Uh, if we look at uh, his velocity, I, I think everything's still status quo. Right? So I, I just think this is a, a case of, like you said, some poor pitch location. Uh, maybe the slider's not doesn't have the bite on it right now that it normally would. And if he's leaving it up in the zone anyways, it won't really matter. Right? Like yeah, he, he, he's been throwing his fastball more than usual. He's throwing it at 32% of the time, and he's throwing his slider more than he normally would. What he's stayed away from is his changeup. His changeup, he's only thrown 21% of the time, and that's 7% down from last year where he was really, really successful with that changeup that just dives deep into the dirt. So I, I think through four starts, don't panic. Things are going to start looking up. He's going to be able to work the zone a little better. Fool people more with this slider. There's no way that O contact is going to sit at 63% for the whole season. And th this guy's going to induce more ground balls and look for that change up to start heating up for him. And I, I think he comes back to earth and is going to be a little more solid. So do not hit the panic button. Yeah, all of his velocities look the same. You know, uh, the four seamer and the change up, the difference on those are the exact same. They've always been yep. 91, 84. So, yeah, there's no red flag of velocity issues. It's just the fact that. 60, 63% on O swing is really wild. That's that's a lot. And that can't last. That just can't last. I'm going to look more into that, though. I'm really glad you brought that up, Deary. But I will not. I will not. Yeah, swinging straight looks fine. Chase rate looks fine. All Everything is on par of what he would normally do. I just think he's getting a little unlucky right now. I will not hit the panic button. Not me. What if you owned Jesus Lazardo though? If you're rostering Jesus, are you saying, oh, my gosh. I have made a terrible mistake. Let's run for the hills. Run! Would you? Don't freak. Don't freak out. Oh, you like Jesus? You think he's gonna be okay? He's had two very bad outings and two solid outings. One of the solid outings came against the Dodgers, and then he also had another good outing the other night in a seven-inning game where they pulled him in in the sixth. Uh, his walks have been an issue right now. Um, also, second time through the order, I think they're batting over 400 against him the second time through the order. <laughs> and his left on base percentage and his backup are just a little too high. The good news is he's not getting hit very hard. His fastball has good, been very good, 
And he obviously has that devastating slider. He's getting crushed on two and three ball counts. So when he's not getting ahead on the hitter and he's down 2-0 or down 1-0, that's when he's really having some trouble. So he needs to just start locating that fastball to start the count out, get up, get up in, in the count. Up 0-2, he's been he's been sneaky enough when he's up to up 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 0-2 on 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 oh no no I'm wrong. When he's up 0-2, he hasn't been sneaky enough because ah. he he's not throwing that slider when he's up when he's up 0-2, he needs to dig that slider into right handers' feet and let them chase for it. Left handers dig it right in on the right in on the plate against them. Like you, you need to be more effective with a slider that I believe is one of the best in the game. And he's not, he's up Oh two and he's trying to get too, too pretty and too cute and throw a fastball by you. And it's get it's getting hit, hit hard. So I would not freak out yet on Jesus Lazardo. Now the, the, the concern with Jesus Lazardo is I don't know how many innings he's going to get. He, he's had arm issues in the past. Hasn't thrown a ton of innings in the major leagues, the A's are off to an incredible start. You know, they've won 12 in a row. I believe they're still winning uh, tonight as well. I winning. think they're going to they're going to be careful, uh, you know, with him during the season, especially if they're going for that AL West division title. So I don't see him as a guy who's going to pitch over, you know, 150, 160 innings. So in terms of him going six, yeah. seven innings a game, you're not going to see it. We haven't seen it yet. Now, there's one game he pitched 110 pitches. Oh, <gasps> how did then, that happen? It was very odd, and then his last time out, they pulled him. They pulled him with sixty-five pitches. Very odd. Violation. So we're not panicking. I am not panicking on Jesus Lasardo. I have a lot of shares of him. The A's are playing really good ball. He's got the stuff. His fastball has been sitting at ninety-seven. Like I said, devastating slider. He he just needs to be a little more efficient with getting out of jams with guys on base, and, and he's got to handle that walk rate. Um, and, and also second time through the order, he's been great. First time through the order, second time through the order, you got to be a little more efficient and hope that when you get to the third time of the order, you're probably getting pulled. He pitched 59 innings last year in the short sample size of 2020, 59 innings. He gave up 12 barrels, 59 innings. And in 2021, he's already given up five barrels. So he's on his way to staying on that same type of pace. If you're looking for somebody who's getting barreled up more often, that's not the issue. Everything you just described was really well done. It sounds like an attack measure, some adjustments in terms of approaches and situational uh, opportunities. Like you said, the O2 counts. That's a great point. So Yeah, I, this, this isn't the minors where you're up O2 on a guy and you can just you know, beam a fastball right by him. You got to be a little more crafty and sneaky, stay out of the zone, let them chase. I mean, you're the, you're the advantage there. When you're up O2... You have the advantage, and there's no reason to go right at him. Throw a couple things out of the strike zone. I don't. I. I. I'm more. I would be more pleased if his ratios just look better. I'm not worried about him going deep into games. I'm not. I. I, I don't care if he wins. You know, double digit games. I want to see good ratios from him. And we don't have. We still don't have like a nice big ass sample size to refer to in the bigs. Mm-hmm. We just don't yet. He's not. People, it feels like the name's been around for a while, but he's just getting going still. 12 innings in 2019, and like I said, 59 last year. So we're just getting going here. Let's chill. Don't panic. End of story. Completely agree. You're listening to the Hans Rico Plato Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking panic button. Should I press it? Yes or no? Some of these guys, code red, code red, red team go, red team go. Jeff McNeil. 
Jeff McNeil is off to a slow start. He's very reliable for batting average every single season, but right now he's hitting like 176. I mean, it's hardly, hardly that far into the season, I know. But uh, are you panicking, Deary? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been moved down to the order. He's been batting sixth or seventh. I mean, Brandon Nimmo's been great at the top of that order. Uh, you know, he's he's batting close to 400, and his OBP is incredible. But yeah, Jeff McNeil has moved down in the order. This is a guy who has batted over 300 in every year of his career, and he's actually striking out less than he normally would, and he's walking right around the normal rate that he would walk. He's got a 116 ISO. Now, he's not a big ISO guy. He's not a uh-huh. guy who's going to put the ball out of the park a ton. He's got one home run, four runs, four RBIs, no stolen bases. I, you know, I thought he was a guy who could steal five or six bases. He, he has a get- 214 ISO in his banner season of 2019, though. So. Okay. Just yeah, yeah. That, that year he had 23 home runs. I, I'm not sure we'll ever see 20 home runs from him again, but what? we're expected to see really? – I mean, most projections had him about 15 to 17 home runs. I don't yeah, know. If I'm sure, I'm sure they did. Fuck all that. I mean, it's easy to hit 20 home runs in baseball these days. And if he's going to play a full slate, I shine around the pine, 18 or more home runs. I'm shining all day. I mean, yeah, he's batting 163 right now. This this guy's career BABIP is 333, and he has a 158 BABIP right right now. Like he's he, he it's just been some tough luck. The slow start. <laughs> That's all it it's, is. It's it's a slow. I mean, he's not a guy who's gonna destroy the ball. I mean, his barrels have ap- ap- actually been up, and his hard hit rate is is up. But I mean, his exit velocity and max exit velocity isn't gonna blow anyone through the roof. But he's a guy who who finds holes and 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 is able to get on base enough. And he hasn't he hasn't done anything. I have a couple shares of him, and I he's been just riding my bench. I love Jeff McNeil. I always have. I always will. He's one of my keepers in my home league. Going up against Guile this week. Guile's probably happy. It's my friend Steve Guile, who is part of my home league. And we're going head-to-head this week, like I talked about earlier in the show. He's probably loving the fact that I'm playing Jeff McNeil every day. While McNeil doesn't do dick. But it's all temporary. This is all temporary. I'm not worried about it. Another reason I wouldn't panic, Deary, with McNeil is because of the opportunity he offers with positional eligibility. Mm-hmm. This season, more than ever, it seems like, you know, having people that you can move around and avoid the COVID hits and these these guys who have vaccine reactions have to sit out a couple games, they just happen like that in an instant. Yeah. So having guys like DJ LeMayhew or Jeff McNeil, guys that have multiple opportunities to be in your lineup in different ways, those are the guys I would I would not panic even more because of that. It's just another reason for me to slow my roll, step back, and wait. He's got great eligibility. There's no reason for him to lose his job. He's hitting a lot of fly balls right now, just lazy fly balls to the outfield. He's a guy who thrives off of ground balls and finding the hole and hitting line drives, and that's just not happening right now. But he's, it's not like he's a total fool at the plate. He's not striking out. I think we will see an uptick here once the weather warms up a little bit. He's going to have a lot of – think about it this way. Now that they've moved him to kind of sixth or seventh in the lineup, if the guys ahead of him, especially Michael Conforto, who's another guy who that we we probably could have brought up as well, who's not off to a good start. Uh, he's starting to hit the ball a little better. He's got a couple hits today. He almost went out of the park dull. last night. Once Conforto picks up and Alonzo, like Jeff McNeil is going to have a lot of RBI opportunities in that sixth or seventh hole. Okay, I didn't know that. Boo! Boo! Rubbish! <laughs> filth! 
slime muck. Sounds like we're being very mean to these players. But we have not hit the panic button since uh who do we hit? Lindor? We hit the panic button. We hit the That's panic it. button on Lindor. We've only hit the panic button once so far, folks. And we've done one, two, three, four, five, six different hitters and players total. We did a couple pitchers. All right, Marcelo Zuna. Quickly, what are we are we panicking here on Marcelo Zuna's early struggles? You know, I, I had a really difficult time with this one because I just couldn't find like reasons on why to panic or like be super excited that things are gonna, you know, pick up and he's gonna, you know, get it together. He only has one home run. He's striking out a ton. His K percentage is up, and his hard hit rate is down. That's him. That's him striking out. I, I I tried looking into past years to see if he's like a slow starter, and there's really nothing that would make me believe that he's a slow starter or a fast starter. He's had years where he started out great and other years where he hasn't been great. So he had a much better second half in 2020. Um, and it, and in 2018, he did the same thing, but in 2019, he was, he was better in the first half than the second half when he was with St. Louis, um, his launch angle and his fly ball rate is right on par, but he's, he's just not putting it over the part over the fence. Uh, so, you know, with that hard hit rate being down, he, he, hasn't seemed to pick pick it up quite yet and a lot of people are upset because he was he was someone that I I talked about being a possible you know threat to be an MVP candidate if he could you know extrapolate those numbers that he did last year through 60 games mm. yeah I'm not gonna panic it's still early the guy knows how to hit the ball he crushes the ball when he does make contact and even the strikeout rate as you alluded to he's striking out a lot right now it's still under 30. It's not like he's striking out 50% of the time or 40% of the time. So Yeah, it's just a tick up. It's not like Javi Baez, 48%. Yeah, so I would say don't panic. I wasn't a huge Marcelo Zuna fan coming into the season. I mean, his first name is Marcel. That's strange. I don't know anybody named Marcel. Have you ever met a Marcel? No. Yeah, me neither. But I'll, you know, I'll allow that. I'll move forward from that. I will tell you this. He can have seasons where he's just not on. Yeah. So monitor this. Don't hit the panic button right now at all. But if we're in the middle of May and it's getting late May and he's still stinking up the yard, then I would I would start creeping towards the panic button and possibly tickling it just once. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, I mean the the Braves are going to be good, so the, the opportunities what? are going to be. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, point. the that's opportunities are going to be there. Um, if this continues for a couple weeks. I would become a buyer for him because that price is just going to keep dropping. What's great about a guy like Jeff McNeil that we just talked about, his price is going to be really, really low. And if you're in a league where batting average is one of your categories, I mean, Jeff McNeil is probably still going to bat 300 this year. He's He doesn't have a ton of plate appearances yet. He's going to pick it up. He'll probably have like a three, four week stretch where he bats 400. Go ahead and go grab Jeff McNeil right now because I think the price is really, really low. Low now, now, low, low, low prices, low financing on Ian Happ. Ian Happ is struggling. What do we think of Ian Happ, dearie? He was given the keys to the castle, the kingdom, hitting leadoff, and a lineup that is, you know, some players are starting to heat up. Mm. What about Ian Happ? Ian Happ's not the guy who's heating up. <laughs> I was all over Ian Happ. I'm like, man, 20 home runs, 100 runs being top of the lineup. He's got six runs, one RBI, one home run. It's been rough, but he's getting on base. 
17.8% walk percentage. He's getting on base, hasn't really had any opportunities to steal any bases. Mm-hmm. Batting 155 can't get any worse than that. Like we just talked about, I mean, the Cubs scored 15 runs today. The Cubs are going to start to heat up. I might start getting concerned about his playing time, though. Uh-oh. Now, now he is someone. I mean, that's well, Nico Horner did come up. He did. I love Nico Horner. Hap can play in field. He can play outfield. He's getting most of the at-bats in the outfield, and he's been leading off. I'm going to be really afraid if they drop him lower in that lineup and he starts losing time. He hasn't played every single game this past week. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so you're sound like you're a little concerned then. Now, yeah, I, I am a little concerned, but his hard hit rate is up. Exit velocity looks great. He's barreling the ball just on his career average. So, so those things are encouraging. So it could. What if he doesn't make contact though? Well, yeah, that is concerning, right? He is striking out. strikeouts. He's striking out twenty eight percent of the time. It's not god awful, but it's still not good. And I don't think there's somebody who's going to immediately take his job though, because his defense is pretty good in center field too. I mean, it's not elite. It's solid though. Mm -hmm. Nico Horner. Is going. This is a breaking news for Nico Horner. He's going to get more playing time in the outfield, so he'll get outfield eligibility soon. So that's something to keep an eye on. He's he could play anywhere really, but he's mainly second base shortstop eligibility right now. But it has been said that he's going to get more opportunity in the outfield. So if Hap continues to stink up the yard, remember that movie Stomp the Yard? Was that the name of that movie? Yeah, that was, yeah, Stomp that was real. the Yard. What was that about? Stomp? I, I never saw <laughs> it. Was it like so. a dance movie or something. I don't know. Just dance. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, I can live with 25 to 30% K percentage if you're going to hit 25 to 30 home runs, but he's not doing that, and he's also not stealing bases. You're not going to do that. Yeah, Ian Happ, I think we're going to press the – are we going to press the panic button on this one? Launch angle also down. Career low. What's the big difference? I don't – I mean, that's – it's going backwards from 16 in 2019, nine last year, 5.8 this year, launch angle. Not good. It sounds like mechanical adjustments might me. If he needs to have mechanical adjustments again after all the bullshit he's been through just to get back to this point, that's not good, man. That's no, bad that's news. A, that's a struggle. I'm pressing the panic button on you nap. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I would be doing it with you. We'd like the two people with the... Uh, Keys to the nuclear. You know, you got to turn the key at the same time. I'd probably do it with you. I would. I'd be really concerned. Uh, let me throw this one in here real quick. We had a Wendy, good pal, friend of the show, Wendy. I don't know all it is. It's at Wendy underscore twenty four. Wendy's been messaging me about his team and his fantasy ideas. So he wants to know. What about Luis Castillo? This is a guy. Are we hitting the panic button on Luis Castillo? Because the velo drop is real. Is it permanent? What do you make of Mr. Castillo? Because I know I've heard it and I've been a part of conversations where people saying this is the year. Cy Young. Mm -hmm. This is the year that Luis Castillo takes the next step. The changeup is butter. It's a beautiful changeup. Something is slightly off right now. We talked about the other day is. His fastball is down two miles per hour. He's given up a ton of home runs and he's not striking guys out. Like it's a big concern. There's been some big innings that he has given up a lot of, a lot of runs and there is some concern, but 
I did talk about this the other day that I, I think he's a guy you could probably go get right now because I think it probably will come back to earth a little bit and be more towards what he's been over the last few seasons. He just needs more swings and misses with the, with the, you know that changeup that he throws. And he hasn't been throwing it as much as he, he had in the past. Uh-oh. What does that what could that mean? Actually, no, I'm wrong. Lack he's of actually confidence? he's actually throwing it more. He's not throwing his fastball as much. Oh, well, I was gonna say that. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. It, yeah. It's it was the slider that he's not throwing as much. He's actually throwing the change up too much, maybe. But the slider was the key. This was supposed to be the key that would turn him into the Cy Young winner. He needed that. The change up fastball combo, obviously it's clutch. But to become the Lord, the master of all he surveyed. That was the unlock point. I know Michael Simeone's probably talked about this. That slider had to be the pitch to make it happen. If that's not happening and he doesn't feel confident in it, then we're looking at a guy who was probably drafted a little too high. Yeah, he's he's not getting swings and misses, and he's only throwing that slider 10% of the time. Career, it's 16.3%. He's throwing the changeup 41% of the time so far. That's too I mean, much. It's a great changeup, though. It is, but I, it, what... The big factor here is through looking at the stack cast numbers is that he's not confident with the fastball because he's not throwing it as much and he's not throwing it as, as hard. Injury possibility or just confidence know. issues? I don't know. Come on! I, we want the answers. You're the insider. You're <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't think talk. he's injured. <laughs> Well, we needed Steve Guile, our Reds insider, to give us the bottom line on this one, Steve. Let us know he, what you think. Luis Castillo, he, is he injured? He keeps texting us. Well, Steve, why don't you text us about Castillo? He will. I'm sure he catches up. For some reason, the show's on a delay to the rest of the world. It's very weird. Uh, you would think it's all in real time, but it's kind of not. At any rate, Luis Castillo is a name I just threw in there because I think we had to mention him. I think the panic button... What do you think here? We hit the panic button on this guy or no? I, I'm really interested to see what happens over his next two starts. He's got to induce more ground balls. He's a guy who induces a ton of ground balls. And I talked about this last time when we talked about Castillo. He's having a really hard time when guys are on base. Career 73% left on base percentage. This year it's 57%. That's not quality at all. Ew. Damn! All right. I'm not going to hit the panic button on Luis Castillo right now, but I would certainly – certainly be standing by at the ready to hit the fucking button because I'm a little, little concerned. I don't think I have him anywhere, though, so I don't have to worry about this. But it's not about me. It's not about Deary. It's about you guys. You guys out there that want to acquire Luis Castillo, is it worth your time or not? I think I might. I think I, I, think I might throw a trade out there. I, would, I love uh, buying uh, at the lowest point. You know me. I mean, that's yeah, my thing. I would, too. I mean, I... I had this guy like right in my tier two of like 10 or 12 pitchers that were in my tier two after the, the, the first top three guys. I mean, he's there's, there's no way he can be this bad over the full season. He's been really good for three years. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's definitely worth your time. Throw a trade out there. See if you can acquire him. And especially if you need some starting pitching, if you've had people that hit the IL injuries need to fill spots, need to get those innings eaten up. But you won't want to give up too much. Don't give up too much. But you won't have to because this is the best time to trade for a guy. When he's in the shitter and everybody thinks he's trash. That's the time to strike. Right? All right. What about Mr. Doja? Hunter Doja. 
Hunter Dozier sounds like a uh, actually sounds like a golfer a little bit. I can see a guy named Hunter Dozier playing golf. Hunter Dozier on the Hunter tee box. De- <laughs> yes, Hunter Dozier on the 16th tee here at the Masters, which apparently is in Australia. I don't know how we got there. Uh, all right, yeah. So Hunter Dozier, boy. I love Hunter Dozier, and I was so hyped on Hunter Dozier. But as the drafting season moved forward, I found myself less and less motivated to pick him, and I wasn't yeah. picking him as much. I, I suddenly had a fear of, like, oh, I don't want to have too much exposure to Hunter Dozier if things don't work out. And now we're at that point where things are not working out at this time. But he couldn't be any worse. Right? He's, he's batting 140. <laughs> It's not I good. Mean, it's not good now. He only has 47 plate appearances. He only played in 13 games. He was held out the, the first couple weeks of the season, but he has not looked good. He's, he's striking out just like he, he normally does, right around 27. But he, 26, he also had the injury, though. He had that injury yeah. the first couple of days. I yeah, so he, thumb. he sat out, I believe, the first five games. Uh, we'll, ch- we'll check that, but I, I want to make sure it's the thumb. I don't know which thumb it was, but it was definitely a thumb. And if there's a thumb issue there, that's something that he didn't hit the IL for. But if he's trying to tough it out, that could lead to what we're seeing right now. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, it's even when you come back from any type of thumb injury, especially if, if you haven't been able to get the reps and, and take some swings in the cage, like – there's going to be some rust, especially when you you miss the first like week of the season. Thumb injuries are are, are tricky, especially for for batters. It's really really tricky. But I mean, it can't get any worse than it is right now. He's he's not walking, which is something that he's done well in the past. He's not walking. He's his ISO is under 100. It's it's god awful right oh! now. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But. Again, here we are at the lowest point. <laughs> April's coming to a close. Uh, he has, just like Jeff McNeil, he's got multiple positional eligibility. I like that. Infield, outfield. That's great news. What's the value of, of a Hunter Dozier? So Hunter Dozier is, well, no. I, nothing. Like, no, I don't think it's nothing over a full season. I mean, this is a guy who's hit over 25 home runs. He's had you know, close to 80 runs, 84 RBIs. He, he swiped a couple bags. He batted close to 280 in 2019. That was his big, like, full season. That's when, like, we we're all hoping for the breakout the next year. And last year didn't look that encouraging. Oh, but he's also, bad, he's also available in a lot of leagues that I'm in right now. Like, he's been dropped. He's been given up on. Well, he was already... Uh, middle of the road draft pick. You know, he was going around 220 or later ADP roughly. So he wasn't an immediate stud. And if he was going to struggle out the gate like he has, people are going to drop his ass. Uh, I actually like him more in OBP leagues because I thought he could walk more and get on base more. That is also not exactly the case either. Maybe uh, we should get Brian Dozier. Is Brian Dozier still available? (laughs) Yeah, that guy used to just go on these streaks of hitting like five home runs in a week. Yeah. Oh, he would kill you. And then he would just strike out forever, just like Hunter Dozier's been doing. But Hunter Dozier is a guy who can steal bases. And that was the key, the unlock point for me. The, you know, the missing link for Hunter Dozier's value was the steals. And if we're not going to get that, we're in deep shit here. I know he only stole four in the short sample size last year of 2020, but that showed me a promise that he could steal more. So I was actually alluding to a fact if he's going to play every day and he's on a team that likes to run, the Royals can run, they love to run if they want to, he'll have the opportunities to do so. All of that lines up 
And here we are right now. One home run. One steal. 28% K rate. And a BABIP of 172. What's what's the ceiling for him over a 162 game season? 25 oh. home runs. Oh. Eight steals. The ceiling? Yeah. Oh, I think the ceiling is 30 home runs. Okay. Are we talking about now or like yeah, preseason? No, no. Okay, now that we've had part of April go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30 home runs is still a, definitely the ceiling for this guy. And okay. 10 steals. He's hitting the ball on the ground a lot. 46% right now. Yeah, I know. I just saw that. He's, not, like, oh, he's also he's pulling the ball too much right now. 50% pull rate. That's not good. But, but his launch angle hasn't changed much. So that's the good news. So it's not like he uh, there's been a massive change to permanence. I think it's just bad breaks. Uh, he could be he could be having a slight mechanical issue with that thumb. He could be favoring mm. one hand over the other two, and he could just be topping balls more or just hitting more grounders because of that. Because the overall profile still says the launch angle is generally where it should be for him. It's I don't know. 47 plate appearances. That's yeah, it doesn't mean... Yes. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not hitting the panic button on Hunter Dozier. In fact, if he's on your waiver wire, we're talking fab bids this weekend on Sunday night on the Sunday Fab Show right here on YouTube. We're live for you every Sunday evening around 7 p.m. I would pick him up. I'd put in bids and I would make it so. I believe good things will happen. And that Royals lineup is fun. They got a lot of talent in that lineup, man. Benintendi and Soler. And when Modesty comes back, there's, there's just a lot of fun things that can go down. Whitberry Field. Yeah, Soler hasn't been able to heat up yet. He did have a nice double against the Tigers today. But looking back at Hunter Dozier, the last week, he's been rotating basically every other day between right field and third base. Yeah. He's been and he's been batting sixth in the lineup. Ryan O'Hearn just came back and is, was batting fifth tonight. But and they signed him to that extension in the offseason. If so Dozier they gets want a, him to succeed, if Dozier gets it going, he, he's he's in the five spot, and that's RBI opportunities because you know Sal Perez is going to bat close to three hundred. There's no way Solaire is going to be as bad as he is right now. And I mean, you know what Wit does? Wit's having a great season, and all Carlos Santana does is walk. So there's RBI opportunities out there for a Dozier. Thank you. Thank you. See, you just made it so much easier for me. Well done, Deary. You clarified the points, and now I'm absolutely, absolutely even more steadfast in the fact that I want Dozier in my lineup. I want Hunter Dozier more than ever now. It makes total sense. Everything is lined up. It's just a matter of production. And when that production kicks in, you can thank this show later for saying, hey, don't hit the panic button. Buy Dozier now. Buy, buy. I'll be like that guy, the was that crazy asshole on TV, Jim Kramer? Hey, bye! <laughs> I don't ever know what that guy's talking about. All right, here we go. Ga- Guile's checching in about Luis Castillo. Oh, bye! So this, is, this is a text he sent us. said, left on base percentage is bad luck, as are his career highs of 365 BABIP and O contact of 68.4%. Concerns are drops in velocity and the swinging strike rates. He will stretch out and regress to the mean. I'm buying on Castillo. Don't play that terrifying music, please. Hashtag Ask Steve. Thank you. What was the terrifying music, by the way? <laughs> oh, the, the, the panic, panic button? button? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, well, we're not panicking anymore. You just calmed us down. Thank you, Steven. Well done. Don't panic on the Castillo. Don't panic on Dozier. It's still early. There's really not a lot of need for panic regardless. So let's slow our rolls. 
Chills to the next episode, as I say. Uh, okay, this is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com, play with the data monster. We've got 2021 stats mixed in with historical stats. You can crunch the numbers, go deep, deep, deep on all of the players that are on your rosters or players that you are potentially interested in. It will give you the truth. Go to rotofanatic.com, click on the data monster. Plus, Crosby Spencer's schedule factors. Those are fantastic. Every Saturday, Crosby Spencer brews up a delicious article about the coming week and the schedule factors and how they'll play into each player's situation, where they're going to be hitting at and what parks and so on and so forth. The schedule does matter each week. If you play in these weekly leagues, you need to know where your players are going to be and how the schedule will impact their possible results. Don't miss that. Crosby does really good work. Crosby Spencer. Follow him on Twitter at Crosby Spencer numerical one. Crosby Spencer numerical one. All right, let's talk about Return of the Mac. So right now on the pod version, you're hearing Return of the Mac from, what's his name? We co- Mark Harrison? We covered this last time. We should know his name. Uh, Return of the Mac. Yeah, it's Mark, Mark something, Harrison. is it? Mark Harrison, isn't it? What? Mark Harrison? Where did I that from? That doesn't sound right? No. <laughs> what is it? What is oh, it? Look it, look it up really quick. Mark. Mark. <laughs> So, players Mark, will be returning. Mark, Mark Morrison. Oh, see, I was close. Mark Harrison. Mark Morrison. It's completely different. Remember Jim Morrison on the Tigers? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played for the Pirates, too. They're talking about Morrison at the Doors. <laughs> no, no. I'm thinking Jim Morrison played third base for the Tigers for a bit. I think he was on the playoff team in 87. Bill Madlock, too. Bill Madlock, another pirate and tiger. He was great. Bill Madlock, Madlock won a couple batting titles. Yeah, with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, he was like short and stout and chubby, but like he could hit. I love that guy. Bill Madlock was a lot of fun. Love Bill Madlock. Yeah, we didn't get him in the Tigers till he was close to 40. You know, yeah, same thing, Daryl Evans. I will say, and I've said this before, we need better road uniforms, man. I feel like we're just like so lame. We need to we need the 80s road uniforms. Those are fantastic. Yes. Those are so Our road cool. uniforms suck. Why are we stick? They They're haven't terrible. changed them They're in so forever. boring. It's the script Detroit. Yeah. It, it, like the old ro- road uniforms was like the block Detroit and like there was a oh, ton the orange. Of, there was a ton of orange in it, which I liked it. They had the orange stripe on the pants, down the side, and on the on the yes. belt seam. I love those. When I play MLB the show with the Tigers, I always go to those 80s uniforms. Those are I great. know. Me too. We have the boringest road uniforms in, in the whole league. They're so boring. I know. Which we can't is even such get a like travesty. An, we can't even get like an alternate jersey. Like all these other teams have like alternate jerseys. And you see all these other teams, like the Braves, uh, they wear their old like 80s uniforms that are awesome. The, yes. the, the Cardinals go with the baby blues every once in a while. But we just stick with these two boring uniforms. Or one boring uniform. I think the home jersey is fantastic. But... No, that's why it's a travesty, though. The home jersey is a legendary jersey. Yeah, it's, cla- in the yeah, league. it's classic. We it's have one of, shit. One of the, the five best. The but the road jerseys, <laughs> the road jerseys are gross. So I hate boring. Them. Detroit and cursive. It's sideways. Yeah. It's so dumb. Fix your fucking road jerseys, Tigers. Give us something. We'll buy it. You want us to buy it? Then make something cool. Yeah. Damn it. The road hat is awesome. I love the road hat with the with the orange logo. But yes. Like, come on. Yes, the orange road D is fantastic. Just like the white English D at home is yeah. fantastic. But <laughs> you're doing so nothing bad. there. It's so. Bad. Where's the creativity? Where's the marketing department? Or, 
are these people? I just... I, oh, God. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad you agree with me, though, because it's so boring. So lame. It takes remember, the fun out of it. remember the logo they ran in like the early '90s with the the actual like tiger in the logo coming out? That was pretty oh bad yeah, too. that was bad. Well, at least they're trying. They ran Shit. that as like uh, like a third logo on the hat too, and yeah, it, it didn't work well. But at least they tried. At least right? they tr- yes, at least they <laughs> fucking tried. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Return of the Mac. Who's coming back? Tomorrow, well, right now, this show's being recorded on Friday night. Drew Smiley's back. He's ready to rock. Apparently, the forearm strain is no more. And he's going to go to town against those Diamondbacks. What do you think of that, Deary? Are you excited for Drew Smiley's return? I'm not a Smiley fan. We talked about this preseason. I like. I just can't dig into why everybody likes him. Sure, the K-rate was fantastic last year, and he wasn't walking as many people as he normally had, but I can't buy in on Smiley. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, through two starts this year, he hasn't been very good. Oh, man. Brian K says, My son said the Giants went with names on their home jersey this year. Stunning, Brian. I'm so sorry for your loss. That is just not cool. Oh, interesting, yeah. The Giants don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't have their names on their home jerseys. They they used to, and then they kind of went back to those those old kind of like cream colored jerseys. Yeah, those are great. I yeah, really those like are, those. Actually. Yeah, those are cool. They don't need the name. Uh, Buster Posey. God, Buster Posey is not going to last. This is not a thing. Uh, I see. I've been looking at some of the league overall standings in the main event on NFBC and. People own Buster Posey are sitting pretty right now because he's provided this random power out of nowhere. He hadn't hit home runs in forever. And he never really hit home runs in the first place. So I don't know. That's a total side tangent. Nobody cares. Point being, though. No, Brian, you're doing great. Brian, well done, buddy. Keep it up. Drew Smiley is not going to win the Cy Young. Drew Smiley <laughs> is not your savior. Drew Smiley is not here to help your fantasy team. All you fools, I know there's a lot of you out there. Me and Deary, we've done the damn thing. We've done this dance. We know the Drew Smiley dance. There's nothing there. I've seen this before. His best days were his last two years with the Tigers and his first year with the Rays. He hasn't been anything in the last five years. Well, he got the one-year $11 million contract with Atlanta because of 30 innings last year. (laughs) 26 point. 26 and a third. Is there more of an obvious example of short sample sizes being fraudulent than that one right there? I mean, just no way. No. And if he's got a forearm strain, that is just another part of the puzzle that makes it so easy to walk away from Drew Smiley. No, thanks. I'm not. I know. uh, Once again, I know I keep bringing this up, but Guile, I think, picked him up and he's going against me tomorrow as a streamer. So we'll see how that goes, Steve. I don't know what you're seeing in Drew Smiley that I'm not, but. I would not be very optimistic tomorrow, but I bet he's going to have like a really nice start. And it's going to fuck me. It's going to hurt me tomorrow, but then he'll go to shit after that. That's how I predict things will go. Not a believer. Okay. So oh, that's good to know. Nico Horner is back with the Cubs. He was called back up. He played today too, and he got in some action, scored a couple runs. I uh, had a few walks, was part of the dominant performance against the brewers today 15 to 2 i love nico horner i love him i already loved him i drafted him in glarf a great lakes area roto fantasy league that i'm in with a bunch of other fantasy analysts strictly from the great lakes area 
like I said, Chicago, Detroit, Ohio, Rotosaurus guys, uh, Janice Scurrio, Sarah Sanchez, uh, Derek Van Riper, and so on and so forth. A lot of cool people in it. But I had to drop him because there was no mm-hmm. place to put him. So now there's going to be bidding on him, and I'm not going to get him mm-hmm. in this fab run, I feel like. Nico Horner, is he here to stay, or do you believe in Eric Sogard or David Batty between <laughs> second and third base? Like, come on. Oh, no, Nico, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Nico Horner should have made the team out of spring training. He should have. Yes, yes, yes. We all know the story. We know. We know. He's not going back. That's that's it. You know, AAA starting soon on May 5th. We're about two weeks away from AAA kicking off. So in the meantime, Nico Horner is going to kick ass and he'll, I bet Nico Horner, I'm going to say this right here. Nico Horner never goes back to the minor leagues. He's here to stay forever now. How about that? I agree. Thank you. All right. Uh, other returning, Max. Oh, here we go. Nico Horner trying to ride the pine. 55 runs. What do you think we said at the start of the season? I think I took the over, but I think other people rode the pine. I shined it, you shined it, and our buddy Frank Amarante also shined it. Oh. We all thought he was going to make the team out of camp. Oh, okay. Cool. Frank Amarante. How you doing out there, Frank? Frank, thinking of you. Thinking of you in Canada today. Keep it up, buddy. Frank's a good follow. Follow Frank on Twitter at Frank Amarante. A-M-M-I-R-A-N-T-E. Frank Amarante. Alex Kirilov is back in the bigs, and he's starting today. He played for the Twins in their victory. I assume the game went final against Pittsburgh. They were beating Pittsburgh. Alex Kirilov is a guy, he's not going to give you much in terms of, like, steals. He's not a stolen base guy, Mm -hmm. but he can hit for power, and he could hit for some average, right? Yeah, I mean, Miguel Sano has gone to the DL, and outfield is a little murky for the Twins besides Buxton in center. I mean, do you believe in Jake Cave? Uh, Kyle Garlick is on the COVID list right now. Um, Kirilov, I think they batted him fifth tonight, which is really, really encouraging. And yeah, you're not going to get much like from the steals area from him, but this guy's got really nice power from the left-handed side of the plate, and he should be able to hit for a decent average. He hit for average all through the minors. Uh, hasn't played above double A and, you know, obviously with last year not being able to play, but like this guy's a big time prospect. He's their number one prospect. Maybe he's the guy that also sticks around in Minnesota. Who's off to a really poor start. I think they're, they're like, I think they, they're like seven and 12 or something like that. They're off to a, a rough start and they got to get something going offensively. I mean, Nelson Cruz has been really, really nice, but I think Kirilov maybe comes in and maybe he sticks around and doesn't doesn't leave uh, the the majors as well. And maybe he's the guy who who gets all all the run here in left field. And if he bats fifth in this lineup, man, there's a lot of opportunity for some fantasy value. Opportunity for fantasy value. Damn straight, damn skippy, buddy. Good call. Well said. Well done, Alex Kirilov. Get him in your lineups. It's gonna be fun. Today he went over three with a strikeout. Never mind. Drop him. Cancel. <laughs> Send him down. Well, JT Brubaker, JT Brubaker looked really good against the Twins. He went seven. Yeah. God. Love. I'm buying in. I, I like what I saw from him, and he's just going to keep getting better. I know he's a darling of some other studly analysts like Eno Saris, uh, Paul Momino, my guy from Rotofanatic, wrote about him two weeks ago, and everything he said about him is what he did in the last couple starts. The things he needed to do is what he has been doing. Getting those hitters 
to bite. A little more aggressive and then get him to bite on the breaking stuff. Oh, Taylor Rogers, uh, he got yeah, he got his first save of the year for the Twins. That's good news. I went heavy on Taylor Rogers because his stock fell so much during drafts after the Colome signing. Colome has been garbage. Yeah, I think Rogers has always been there, and yeah. he's gonna get saved. So that's good news. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay! Uh, anybody else coming back? Anybody else we forgot? Uh, Those are really the only guys I could really think of. Oh uh, yeah, it's mentioned kind of a, a few guys. Mentioned a few guys the other day, but I don't think anything else in terms of value. Oh. Okay, well, that's fine. We just wanted to let you know that the Mac is coming back. The Mac attack. Uh, Big Mac. You prefer a Big Mac or a Quarter Pounder? Uh, Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. Yeah, I always always went Quarter Pounder over the Big Mac. I don't like lettuce on burgers. I don't Big like Mac, a I don't a like Big a Mac bun in the middle of my burger. Why does that have to be another <laughs> piece of bread in the middle of my burger? <laughs> Too many buns. Yeah. Too many buns. I think I've maybe had a Big Mac four or five times in my life. And I've probably eaten at McDonald's well over a thousand times, right? Over 40 years. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know who loves Big Macs? Luke. He Luke loves Big Macs for some <laughs> of course reason. He does. So dumb. Every time we go to Big we go to give McDonald's, me, give, he's like, give me a Big yeah. Mac. <laughs> yes. He he's weird. I don't understand why he did, but uh he loves that it. weird sauce on it. Yeah, it's just it's too much going on. Yeah, it's trash. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, uh, we've done our duty here. Um, you know, is it, oh, I want to mention this. Zach McKinstry was the fab darling. We <laughs> yeah. do our fab show. We do our fab show on Sunday evening uh-huh. around seven o'clock and he's on the IL now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's too bad. 100, 158 bucks down the drain for somebody in my TGFBI. Uh, Brian, oh, Adonis yeah, Garcia. Does he mean Adolis Garcia or Adonis? Because there's Adonis and Adolis. Seriously. Adolis is the Texas Ranger. There's two of them? Yeah, there is two of them. Yeah. Adolis is the guy the Rangers called up about 10 days ago. A week ago. And then Adonis, I think, plays for the Rays? Either way, Brian says he went deep again. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for keeping us updated. Thanks for participating in the live stream commentary. We love that. You guys have been very active tonight. Brian K., and, of course, Steve's text, Ask Steve, hashtag Ask Steve. He'll tell you the truth. Uh, Mike Curlin popped in. Thank you, Mike. Dave Petrucci made a bogus trade. Sorry, Dave. Things are getting better. <laughs> Dave's also in last place of our league. Yes. Oh, is he really? I mean, it's uh, I'm, I'm in, like, 10th place. It's not any better for me. Yeah, I was right. It was Adolis. Brian just verified. Adolis Garcia. Adolis. He's been hitting cleanup. He's, he's got strikes out a shitload, but he's been hitting cleanup. <laughs> In the Rangers lineup, he can run too. So he's basically your, he's like a Frenchy Cordero type. You know, a lot of strikeouts, but speed, power combo. Well, Rangers can score some runs. Nick Solak's looked great. Uh, I think uh, Gallo went his first 16 games, got on base in every game. I mean, he's only going to bat like 220, but I mean, Nick Solak's been awesome. Yes. Nick Solak, that's a guy I have everywhere. Him and Ty France. I drafted the shit out of both those guys and Shohei Otani when I could. People started catching on to Shohei as the draft season got closer to opening day. At any rate, we love talking baseball with you folks. I am Michael Govier. He is Chris Deary. You can follow Chris at cdeary1999. That's deer as in deary beloved, not the ones with the antlers or the ones that you hit with your car. And, of course, I'm at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. And the Palazzo Podcast is available on YouTube, Twitter, 
Facebook, most of our content pops out on the Twitter feed. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. And that's how we roll. I think we did a good show today, dear. What do you say? We went two hours, just us two. It's It's been a while. Usually we do that with <laughs> usually we do that with a guest, but here we went two hours. Here we went two hours. All right. Well, we, hopefully you guys learned something and uh, you have a takeaway. We'll be back on. Oh, by the way, Spencer Turnbull, my guy, he looked great in his first start back on Wednesday against the Pirates. Everyone's beating up on the Pirates. It's great, and he got a win in five innings pitched. Was not dominant, but he was rock solid, just like I expect him to be. He's a solid, solid starter that you can have as your fourth or fifth rotation guy. Trust me. It'd be worth the time. Pick up Spencer Turnbull. Trust us, Jones. Trust us, Jones. Can't trust us. Who can you trust? We'll be back on Sunday for the Fab Show live here on YouTube. We'll be talking streamers. We'll be talking the upcoming schedule. Who to pick up, who to drop, Fab bids, all that jazz and more. It's going to be a ton of fun. We do it every Sunday, and we do it for you every time. Christopher Deary. I am Michael Govier. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, keep your head up. But I'll never forget the way I felt when I drafted Mike Soroka in 2020. I would do anything for an ace, but I won't do that. No, I won't do that. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.